With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Cats by 90, a podcast dedicated to you, the Big Blue Nation. Basketball, football, and the latest recruiting news. If it's Kentucky sports, then it's here on Cats by 90. Now, from SB Nation's A Sea of Blue, your hosts, Big Blue Drew and Aaron Gershon. Welcome to the latest edition of the Cats by 90 podcast. And <laughs> I haven't been here in a couple of weeks due to a bunch of different things. And Drew Brown's been leading the charge. And Bradley McKee, I appreciate him filling in for me this week. But I am back and giving Drew the week off. Uh, well deserves hanging out with his family and all that good stuff. So happy to give him some time off. And with that, um, have Terry Lambert, who you guys might remember from football season of Rocky Top Talk. Didn't notch the name this time. <laughs> um, the SB Nation site for Tennessee coverage. Terry also writes for Music City Miracles, which is the SB Nation affiliate for the Tennessee Titans. And now our listeners, Terry, not really pro volunteers, but we have plenty of Titan fans in the area. So what was the season like for you? I'm guessing as a Titans fan and writing about the team and all that, just an amazing run, even though it didn't end the way y'all wanted. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It went from, uh, you know, me wanting to, to tank and lose every game, um, <laughs> to quickly, uh, being in the playoff hunt and then somehow managing to beat the Patriots and then the Ravens on the road. So, uh, really, really wild, uh, season. Ryan Tannehill was, was awesome. Um, that offensive line, Derrick Henry, they were, they were awesome as well. You know, it's kind of the second year of the row, in a row that Derrick Henry has turned it on. That offensive line has kind of found something late in the year. Um, so you wonder if, uh, if they might be able to find that a little earlier. Um, uh, and then of course you've got, you know, a really fascinating offseason here. Uh, what do you do with Ryan Tannehill? You know, was it kind of a flash in the pan type deal? Do you give Derrick Henry big money? Uh, you've got Logan Ryan, Jack Conklin, all kinds of decisions to be made here. So um, I, I don't really envy John Robinson in this situation right now. <laughs> now, I hope Jack Conklin, Conklin leaves because I want him on my Giants. But what are your prediction uh, predictions for what Tennessee does? Is it Ryan Tannehill the answer in your opinion? And then I would think Derrick Henry's got to be priority A number one. Yeah, I I don't think you can you can do anything without re-signing Tannehill first. Um, I I think they'll get a short-term big money type deal done. Uh, I I just think you've kind of got to roll with it. Uh, that was the best quarterback season, what maybe since McNair, uh, here in Nashville. So, uh, I think you've got to roll with that. And then I think Derrick Henry, uh, you know, it just seems like we're on our a road to a franchise tag there. Uh, I don't think the Titans are going to bend over backwards to pay him. You know, he had the whole thing about Zeke money, uh, six years, 90 million. I don't think he's going to get anything close to that. Um, doesn't really help out in the past game. So, 
a little bit different player than Ezekiel Elliott, but I think those two remain here. I think it gets pretty dicey when you start talking about Conklin, uh, Logan Ryan, so you're going to have to make some decisions there. Definitely, but you know what? After the season they had, it's really positive, and that division is winnable, to say the least. I'm not a believer in the Texans. I don't know about you, but other than that, it's wide open, and I think the future's bright out there. Absolutely. You know, Houston seems to to fall out of the playoffs on that Saturday, that wild card Saturday every year. You know, you've got Indy suddenly with the, the quarterback situation that they've got not looking great. And then Jacksonville is just a mess. So uh, I, I think I saw the win totals coming out. It was it was Houston and Tennessee tied at eight and a half. Uh, that's pretty fair. So it's going to be a Houston-Tennessee battle. Now, I promise we'll get to Kentucky and Tennessee, obviously, playing this weekend at Thomas Bowling Arena in Knoxville, a house of horrors for B- the BBN of late. <laughs> but I do I, – I, I, you're a Tennessee guy, and I have to ask you first about these Phil, Philip Fulmer comments that came out today that had us cracking up on our radio show uh, here in Lexington an hour ago. But I just wanted to get your take on it uh, real quick before we dive into basketball. Okay, so look, I, I mean – <laughs> I don't necessarily disagree with what he's saying. Um, it was a recruiting event, and so they kind of got misconstrued. Um, Tennessee is back on the recruiting trail. I don't think anybody can can you no know argue that. Two consecutive top fifteen classes, a top ten class, uh, with with ch- chance to add some more here later. Um, but you know, it's kind of to a point of where uh, you got to see it on the field first. You know, eight and five, you get a bowl win. Uh, I need to see it first. You know, I, I've been burned so many times. You know, this 2015 <laughs> team comes in. Uh, they're looking pretty stout. Uh, this 2016 team should go and contend for the SEC. They end up eight and four in the Music City Bowl. So, it seems like every time we have a chance to say that we're back, it backfires in our face. <laughs> so, I am. Uh, I'm keeping my mouth shut. I'm. I'm, I'm quietly <laughs> optimistic. Uh, but. I still think there's a pretty big gap between us and, and Florida right now. Yeah, and I think Kentucky's also in that kind of – yes, Kentucky, I think, and Tennessee are kind of in that 3-4. I've been telling yeah. uh, Kentucky listeners that they got to prove they can beat Tennessee to officially be ahead of them, though I think the gap is closing. <laughs> you just have to win to prove it, so I'd still put Tennessee ahead. But as promised, turning attention to this weekend's basketball game at Thomas Bowling Arena, Kentucky has not won – in Knoxville since 2016, so three losses in a row. Um, obviously, this year for Tennessee is interesting because you come into the year, uh, no Grant Williams, no Schofield, no Bowden, so you're losing a ton of talent, but you still have, uh, at the time, you had Turner healthy, um, and I think they entered the season, you can correct me if I'm wrong, ranked still. So starting off with that, what were your expectations for this Vols team just entering the season? Well, I thought they'd be a bubble team. Um, you know, Schofield, Grant Williams, uh, gone. Uh, and then people don't talk a lot about Jordan Bone, uh, the point guard who's just an elite killer. athlete. Kentucky, yeah, killer. yeah, yeah. Um, that was kind of the spark plug of the offense last year. Uh, and then Kyle Alexander, you know, you, you lose your, your rim protector, your 6'11 guy that's going to throw everything out. So it was more than just Grant and Admiral. Uh, and then, so you're faced with, uh, what can Lamonte Turner and Jordan Bowden come back and, and do as, one and two when they've been four and five their their whole careers uh and quite honestly it hasn't gone well so um it it got a little more complicated early in the year as you mentioned tennessee was ranked uh they were ranked until lamonte turner got hurt 
Uh, it's a shoulder injury, the same deal as Marco Foltz. Uh, he decided to shut it down uh, in December. So, you know, that did a number of things that, that forced freshmen into new roles that, that, you know, changed the entire defense. Uh, the defense fell off the map. You saw Tennessee lose consecutive games, uh, three games in a row dating back to last week. Uh, so it, it's been a, it's been a challenge. It's been ever changing. You know, Tennessee has, has added two players midseason, uh, right. that have gotten cleared. Uh, so it's been a real challenge for Rick Barnes, but, you know, to his credit, his head's above water. Uh, they picked up a huge win against Alabama coming back from down 15. Uh, but they just haven't been able to settle in. It, it's nobody's fault. It's just, uh, they, they've been dealing with some bad circumstances here. Yeah. And I'm been look, I was looking at a bunch of team statistics and they really, they rank at the bottom of the SEC in a lot. But what stood out to me is you have a guard and is it Yves? I can't, I always forget the pronunciation. Ponds. Uh, Yves Pond. Eve's Ponds, that's what it is. Okay. So he's leading the SEC in blocks. Did you know that? That's crazy to me. So what does he bring to the table on both sides of the ball? Because if you have a guard uh, leading the league in blocks, that means he must be pretty aggressive, which Kentucky has struggled against aggressive teams this year. Yeah, so he's kind of more of a wing. Uh, but, uh, you know, we were supposed to have a seven-footer cleared. Uh, Plavsic was supposed to be cleared entering the season, and he wasn't. Uh, so Pons was kind of forced into a four role, uh, when he's more of a three. He's six foot six. Uh, and, and, but man, he, he has stood tall. Uh, he's got a block in every single game this year. Uh, pretty staggering. He's, he's probably the best That's athlete. That's a crazy stat. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's probably the best athlete on the court anytime he takes the floor against any team. Um, so he's turned himself into an NBA prospect. Um, you know, NBA guys knew who he was dating back to last year, but he wasn't able to put it all together. Now he's got a little bit of a jumper. He's got a little bit of a post game. Uh, so he's super undersized for the role that he's playing, but, um, he's a three and D guy. He's, I think he's going to make it at the NBA level. Um, but he's kind of an X factor for Tennessee. So if they start getting some offense from Pons, uh, if they start getting him in the corner, knocking down threes, Tennessee's a pretty tough team to beat. Only problem is he's been pretty inconsistent uh, with his level of aggression, uh, with his shooting, and it, it all comes down to confidence for Pons. But uh, you know his game starts on the defensive end. You know if he's kind of feeling it and throwing shots into the stands, it, it kind of feeds over to the offensive side. Now with Tennessee, what do you think? Obviously, you lose a ton of talent, but and you still have guys like Pons uh, performing well. And you said you mentioned you get the two guys back. What has been You'd say if you had to pick out one thing that's been the biggest issue that's costing them uh, wins right now. Well, uh, here lately it's been defense. Um, you know they they haven't been able to stop penetration since Lamonte Turner left. Uh, well, Turner's injury kind of forced Josiah Jordan James, a five star guard, into a lead role probably sooner a year sooner than than he really needed to be there. Uh, so he's been kind of trying to figure things out. Uh, Jordan Bowden's been inconsistent. Uh, he hadn't been able to hit consistent threes like he has in the past. Uh, you know, we were kind of banking on Bowden being the guy, uh, the, the primary scoring option. He's been so inconsistent. Uh, it's really hurt Tennessee. He's shooting 26% from three, and that's actually come, come up quite a ways. Uh, but he's still leading the team. So 
Um, it, it's just been a lot of inconsistencies, uh, struggling on defense, struggling on offense. You know, you've, I, I mentioned the guys that came in, uh, mid season, Santiago Vescovi, uh, Uruguayan guard, um, had three practices and Rick Barnes threw him out there in the starting lineup against <laughs> LSU. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, 18 years old, um, starting an SEC <laughs> game. That's his first college action. It's just wild. Um, so it, you see a lot of upside out of guys like Viscovi, out of guys like Pons. Uh, John Fulkerson has really come on, uh, and kind of filled that Grant Williams role, which is strange to say, but, uh, he's been the primary offensive option here lately. But, uh, it's just a lot of moving parts on this roster right now, and they've yet to settle in. Now, you mentioned some of the guys who came in midseason, and I don't even want to try to butcher the name. I believe he's the Ser- Serbian center, <laughs> seven yes. foot one, if I have it right. How has he performed since coming in? Because, again, as I mentioned, Kentucky, when they have faced teams that are big up front, they're physical, they have struggled. And even when Kentucky defeated Mississippi State on Tuesday pretty handedly, they found a way to get out-rebounded. So how has he been on the glass and impacted uh, the postgame? Honestly, not a not a big impact quite yet. Uh, had his best game of the season against Mississippi State last weekend. Uh, I believe had 16 points. Uh, that was really the first time that, that he had been used as an offensive threat. Uh, and the only reason he got that many minutes is because Josiah Jordan James was out. Uh, so they, they went big and, and inserted plastic into the starting lineup and he really responded. So he started, uh, he started the game against Alabama. Uh, if you're looking for a big, that's going to be a problem. It's going to be Fulkerson, uh, six foot 10. He's more skilled. Uh, he's a little quicker. Uh, junior it was kind of in a support role last year. Uh, he's really come into his own. And, and, you know, when he gets the basketball on the block, he's go- going to score. He's looking to score. So he's probably the most aggressive player on the team right now. Um, that's a guy that that's given just about everybody he's faced problems in the SEC so far. Uh, you know, quietly, he's kind of having an all-SEC type season. I don't know if he's first team, but he might sneak into that second team conversation. Uh, so John Fulkerson has really been the Tennessee offense lately. Tennessee's problem lately has been rebounding. They got, they got destroyed on the glass by Texas A&M. Uh, and then Mississippi State with their awesome front line destroyed them as well. Uh, rebounded against, uh, Alabama midweek and came away with a win. So, uh, even that took three guys piling out though. So, uh, I, I think that's a big key. Tennessee doesn't have to win the rebounding battle. They just got to keep it close, uh, which is something they haven't been able to do in the, the past couple of games. Now, for Kentucky, obviously, when you th- think about the glass, you got to think about Nick Richards. And you having watched plenty of Kentucky, Tennessee the last three years, Richards hasn't quite been a guy who's been an impact. But I'm just curious from another uh, team's perspective, just covering another team, what you're, are you, how surprised are you with this Nick Richards season? Because all of us here are still kind of scratching our heads at how it's happening. And what, how do you think he matches up with some of the guys that Tennessee has? Yeah, it's strange. I, I, I just, I kind of noticed it last month, you know, Nick Richards, his name started popping up everywhere and I forget which game it was, but he was having an outstanding game. Uh, but 14 Almost and every eight. Game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, 14 and eight. And I'm just looking at his stats here. Uh, Tennessee has really struggled with bigs and, and they don't have the physicality. You know, I mentioned Pons, six foot six. Uh, you know, Fulkerson is six ten, but he's thin. You know, Plastic is, is 7-1, but he's not all that physical yet. He's still trying to get comfortable. So I think this is a spot where Richards can absolutely dominate. I think that's the key to the game. 
you know, I just mentioned uh, the, the rebounding situation. I really think the battle on the boards will determine this one. Uh, but w- when I look at Kentucky, you know, the options there, you got quickly Maxley and Hagen's all there. Uh, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a struggle for Tennessee with these young guards. I don't know if Josiah Jordan James is going to be able to play. That's, that's another big thing to watch. He's been nursing a hip injury. Um, you know, but Santiago Vescovi has struggled on the defensive end. Uh, so if, if Richard can clean up the boards and, and kind of clear out the way for these guards, I think it's going to be a long day for Tennessee. Now, one thing Tennessee obviously has, as I alluded to, is the home court advantage. And Kentucky has not, to say the well, it's, we call it the house of horrors down here. That's really what it's been um, for Kentucky lately. Is it ex- or is the expected crowd supposed to be capacity? Are people already hyping up this game? Because I would looking at the Ken Palm, you still have Tennessee at 60, so that's fringe tournament. Maybe you're still on the bubble if you can make a late SEC run. Uh, what do you think the atmosphere will be like uh, on Saturday? It's Tennessee, Kentucky. I mean, that's all you need to say. Yeah. I don't, I don't really care <laughs> what the record is. You know, in well, Rick Barnes' first year, um, you know, Kentucky rolled into town. I think it was a sellout, and, and Tennessee was awful. Uh, so I, I think, <laughs> I think Knoxville has woken up to to basketball here over the last couple of years, and how could you not after those teams? So, right. uh, I, I think dealing with expectations. You know, Tennessee's thirteen and nine. It happens. It happens. You know, y'all have had down years up there. Uh, it, it happens. So Rick Barnes got this contract and now everybody's at his throat, you know, wanting to, <laughs> wanting a championship every year. Uh, it's just not going to happen like that. So, um, dealing with expectations that has been a thing up here this year, but, um, it's Tennessee, Kentucky. It's going to be nasty. It, it's going to be loud. Uh, I believe it's a CBS game, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yes. it is. It, yeah. So, um, just something about those CBS games seemed to, to get everybody amped up. It'll, it'll be a nasty atmosphere. You know, I think back to last year, uh, Rick Barnes hosted, you know, five or six, five stars, uh, ended up getting three or four of them to commit, uh, just a short time after. So, um, it, it's a big deal down here, uh, when, when, when Big Blue comes to town, uh, you know, it, it's always a game that you want to be, that you want to show up for. Uh, and luckily Tennessee has at, at least at home. Uh, in the past couple of seasons. Now you mentioned, I, well, that's a good point that you mentioned the recruiting class. You got, I want to say the Vols are ranked in the top five or six for next year as of now, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's kind of a year that we're just trying to get through here. Right. Um, you know, you've got two five stars, Keon Johnson, uh, and, and then Jaden Springer. Uh, and then you've got a highly ranked four, uh, in, coming into it it's going to be wild i mean tennessee hasn't had anything like this uh really ever i, I guess we had a couple big classes with bruce pearl uh but this is the highest ranked class i think they currently sent fourth um they signed a two-sport athlete yesterday that's going to play receiver it's going to walk on to the basketball team How about uh, that? he's also a four-star basketball uh prospect so <laughs> Uh, things are, things are looking up for Tennessee. It, it just kind of was bad timing. I don't think anyone expected Jordan Bone to go pro. Um, and then two years ago, no one expected Grant Williams to go pro. It wasn't as much of a surprise after last season, but, um, Rick Barnes was kind of caught in a, in a tough spot. So, uh, just kind of, just kind of treading water this year and, and the next season should be something special. 
That's a really I, – I, you always – sometimes with the success that Bruce Pearl is having at Auburn, it's forgotten that he was at Tennessee and won a Rupp Coach of the Year award down there. Uh, not uh, Maybe it wasn't Rupp, Rupp – Adolph Rupp Cup. Oh, yeah, it is a semi-Coach of the Year award. It, has, it relates to it. Anyways, um, what is the vibe around Tennessee with Pearl? What are they – like, is there respect for him now? Is it still animosity? Does it make fans happy succeeding? What is it with them? <laughs> uh, they'd all take him back in a heartbeat. I, I yeah. mean, still, still to this day, even with Rick, everybody loves Rick. Um, they, they'd all take him back. The, the Conzo Martin days, those, those were rough. I mean, every, every loss that Conzo took, you know, there was a section of the fan base, you know, let's bring back Bruce, bring back Bruce. Uh, so I, I didn't think it was going to end, uh, what Rick put together the last two seasons really helped that. Uh, but still, in a season where Tennessee went to number one in the polls um, and was supposed to do something in the NCAA tournament, they get bounced in the Sweet 16, and Bruce Pearl goes to the Final Four. Um, so that was <laughs> tough. That was tough. But, yeah, Knoxville still loves Bruce. I, I think Bruce still loves Knoxville, honestly. Uh, the way he went out, it, it was all – just felt like such a sham. Uh, so it, it's unfortunate, but – uh, I, I believe they'd still take him back if they had the chance. Yeah, I would think, even though I, uh, Rich Bar- Rick Barnes is doing an excellent job, as you mentioned, and uh, really taking that program to heights it's never been before, even though they did, I guess, by their standards in the year, they had lay an egg in the tournament last year. But uh, before I get your prediction on the game this weekend, what what do you think is the sky? Where do you think the limit is for this uh, twenty twenty team? Can they make the tournament still? Do you see them being a factor to be a bubble team or making a run in the SEC tournament to help themselves? Or is this kind of like you said, an in betweener? And next year is what you got to be excited about. I, I think this is an NIT team. Um, you, you look at their schedule: uh, Kentucky this weekend, Arkansas. Still got at Auburn, at Arkansas, Florida, at Kentucky, and then Auburn again. Um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to string together. You're going to have to win, you know, three or four of those games to bolster a resume. Uh, I just think this team has been too inconsistent. You know, it's like, uh, you know, they'll show us flashes like the, the 15 point comeback against Alabama the other night. Uh, is overshadowed by them blowing a game late to Texas A&M. Uh, last week at home. So it, it's just like they can't, they can't string anything together. They can't help themselves out. So I, I think they'll ultimately come up short. Um, and, and look, you know, Lamont, no Lamonte Turner. Right. Uh, the, the stuff that they've been, been dealt, uh, Jordan Bone leaving early, Grant Williams leaving early. It, it's fine. Uh, Tennessee fans have something to look forward to next year, uh, in a big way with this recruiting class, like we talked about, but. Ultimately, I think this is the NIT team, uh, you know, and, and again, that's fine. Yeah, and it almost sounds similar, but maybe you guys are even in better shape than North Carolina, where this year they've kind of just, oh yeah, uh, it's so bad. And that has definitely made people around here pretty happy. But uh, <laughs> so what are your thoughts on Saturday? Obviously, as mentioned a bunch of times, Kentucky does not do well in Knoxville, at least recently, but Tennessee has struggled on the boards. They've been inconsistent all year. Um, Kentucky obviously has uh, the best, maybe the best center in the league right now in Nick Richards. So how do you see it playing out? Yeah, I'm, I mean, you said it. Nick Richards is, is the issue for me that I can't seem to get past. Uh, just inconsistent effort on the boards. You know, some, some nights they show up ready to play. Some nights doesn't seem like they're all that interested in rebounding. 
Uh, Richards is going to be a big threat. Uh, I, I think that's the difference in the game. Um, and then, you know, Tennessee, it, it sounds so simple. Jordan Bowden's going to have to make shots. Um, it, it, nearly every Tennessee game comes down to whether or not he's going to be on. Uh, he, here recently, he's he's been hot in the second halves, uh, but he starts ice cold. You know, so he's going to have to put a full game together. Um, guys like Eves Ponds, uh, John Fulkerson, and, and Santiago Viscovi, they're all going to have to add uh, add some offense to this. So I, I'm not sure that Tennessee can keep up. I, I think Thompson Bowling, the, the arena there, will help. Uh, ultimately, Kentucky has more horses than Tennessee does. Uh, if all things go well, if everything goes right, and they get scoring from, from four of their five starters, they can hang around, but I think this is a spot where Kentucky will kind of put on the gas pedal late and pull away in the second half. Yeah, I, you know what? I want to agree with you, but I'm actually – it's funny. You're picking our team up here. I've been saying all week I think Tennessee's going to win because, <laughs> one, one, Kentucky just doesn't – down there, you just can't pick Kentucky in any sport, it feels like, lately. You can't pick Kentucky yep. to win in Knoxville. And the second thing is just the game they had last week against Auburn where – they, if you look at the stats, they pretty much were the better team and they looked like the better team for much of the day. Auburn only shot like barely 30% from the field. But, you know, in Kentucky's on the road, they've obviously had some big wins on the road, Texas Tech, Arkansas, but they're fouling. They kind of, they get into the crowd in a good way, but they also don't where they're fouling. And then they've, bl- every one of those games, they blew a, a double digit lead, even though, uh, and they lost to South Carolina after blowing a 15 point lead. They hung on against Texas Tech, even though they blew a 10-point lead. They hung on against Arkansas. They blew an 11-point lead. And I think with Tennessee's crowd being a little different and they know they've kind of had the edge, if Kentucky blows a lead or gets behind, I don't think they rebound. And this Kentucky team has still, to me, has to prove that they can consistently put away games, and they haven't done that yet. And I am never picking Kentucky to win anything in Knoxville until they do it. (laughs) So uh, I'll go against Kentucky and – We'll see if I'm proven wrong, like you said. But, uh, yeah, it's hard to pick against. It's hard to pick them, especially in football. Yeah, and I'll say Josiah James, um, him not playing would be a big deal to Tennessee. Not not necessarily offensively, but defensively. That's a 6'6", five-star guard uh, that that can lock in defensively. And and that would be a big help to Tennessee's cause. So that's something to watch leading up to the game. But, um, yeah, I mean, you, you talk about blowing leads. Um, Tennessee doesn't really have that guy uh, that consistently, you know, shows up in the second half. It it it, it needs to be Jordan Bowden that has been in the past couple of games, but we'll see if that continues here on Saturday. You know, the thing is with Kentucky though is somehow someone always finds a way to be that guy. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. you follow. I mean, Utah. I forget the kid's name. He scored about twenty four. He hasn't done anything the rest of the year. Uh, a couple weeks ago, South Carolina kid did the same thing. He had been a, a no-name freshman all year. So we'll see. Hopefully I'm wrong and you're right. But uh, we'll see. We appreciate Terry Lambert. Where can uh, our listeners find you? Uh, I'm sure they're interested now that they know uh, some of their teams with the Titans are represented too. <laughs> yeah, our Titans coverage is, is over at musiccitymiracles.com. Uh, you know, all the news over there, podcasts, all that good stuff. Uh, part of the SB Nation network. And then I cover Tennessee at RockyTopTalk.com. Uh, so a uh, bunch of football stuff with, with signing day uh, yesterday, but we're going to dive into to basketball. We've got some stuff scheduled to go up tomorrow morning, so check it out. All right, Terry, we appreciate it as always. Uh, Cats and Vols Saturday, 
Thomas Bowling Arena, uh, Kentucky looking to improve to eight and two in the SEC and close in on LSU for the lead in the conference. We will be back next week. I think Drew and I will be back to normal next week. The two of us haven't had a show together in a while. So again, we appreciate Terry and we'll catch y'all next. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow Cats by 90 on Twitter at Cats by 90. You can also follow Aaron and Drew at A Gershon 99 and at Big Blue Drew 33. And remember, no matter the opponent, it's always Cats by 90.